Honor. It's nice to see all of you guys this evening. It is. It's a blessing. Blessing to see each other. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer and then we'll get into this topic tonight, okay? Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you this evening for the privilege of knowing Jesus Christ, the privilege of having you in our life and knowing, Lord, that no matter what comes in our life, we're never hopeless and we're never helpless. Ever. Lord, we just want to lift up to you right now all the displaced people, almost a half a million of them, that are now being scattered throughout the country. We think, Lord, of the multitudes of people who literally have lost everything, whose homes will never be rebuilt. They've lost loved ones. We ask you, Lord, in a special way that you would use this moment in the history of this nation to draw attention to your Son, to your compassion, to your mercy. And the multitudes of people would come to know the King of Kings and know that they have a certain, unshakable home in heaven. We pray, Lord, that you be with all the organizations, all the churches, literally thousands of them, groups that will be involved helping to touch people's lives, to minister to people in Texas, in New Orleans, in Mississippi. We ask you, Lord, again, give the workers strength and use this moment in our nation to cause people, rather than to turn from you, to turn to you. Open our hearts tonight, Lord, to what you want to say to us. Open our hearts tonight to see the most incredible opportunity that you've given to us in Jesus' name. Amen. A few months ago, maybe you heard this story, maybe you did not. It's a true story. A few months ago, Russell Crowe had just, I think, finished filming The Cinderella Man. And he was staying in a, in a motel either during the filming or shortly thereafter. And he was trying to phone home to his family in Australia. Now, the first thing that hit me about this story is... Where was his cell phone? Maybe his life is more ordinary than we might normally think. So he went over to the motel room, and I can really relate to this story. He went over to the motel phone, and he tried to dial, and he tried to dial, and he tried to dial. And I can relate to being away from my family over an extended period of time. Now, I've never been gone three, four, five, or seven months at a time on a shoot. But I've been gone two, three, four weeks in different places, and it's very, very difficult be away from my family. So he wanted to talk to his family, and he dialed, and he dialed, and he dialed, and the phone wouldn't work, and he was very frustrated. I can relate to that. Evidently, he made some comment to the worker there, like, why isn't the blank phone working, or why does this thing, and the guy sort of said, oh, whatever. And so he took the phone, threw it at the guy, hit him in the face, cut his lip, and got sued, and settled out of court, and end the story, and he says it's one of the most embarrassing moments in his entire life, one of the most stupid things he's ever done. Imagine just for a moment how frustrating it would be when you're trying to get a hold of someone that you love, but you can't get through. And as I reflected on the story, I thought to myself, you know what, God, I am so thankful that I never have that problem with you. 
Never. Ever. Not once, not for a moment, not for a second. I and you can get through to God anytime, any place, anywhere in the world, at any time in our life, no matter what's going on. We have instant and immediate access to God. Most extraordinary thing and most extraordinary privilege in the world to have that kind of access to God. Yesterday, I had a couple very special things happen. Today is my daughter Jessica's 21st birthday. and So I had uh, called some friends around the country, asked them if they would do a couple things. She has friends scattered across the country, partly because of me. People know my family. We've traveled a lot. And so, first thing that happened early yesterday morning, it was probably 7 a.m., I got a call from a friend in Colorado. His name is Craig. And Craig said, Mark, I, 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 just, um, I just came from a prayer meeting. Now, out there, it was 6 a.m. 7 my time, 6 his time. I said, well, that, good for you. He said, well, was, we were praying for you. We were praying for you and your daughter. And you're just on my heart, and I just wanted to call and let you know that. I cannot tell you how touched I was by those words. We were praying for you. So we talked for a little while and wasn't real long. I thanked him for his prayers and he gave me some things that I could be praying for him. A few hours went by and, and the, uh, the mailman came by the house and knocked on the door. They don't usually do that. They usually put stuff in a box. And he had a special package. And the package was from Des Moines, Iowa. And I opened the package. My daughter was asleep. I Sorry, I couldn't help myself. I, I didn't want to wait for her to wake up. I wasn't going to, like, read it all, but I, I could feel it was something kind of stiff. So I opened it up, and there's this DVD. And it said, watch me. So I didn't. I waited for my daughter to get up. But I was kind of pacing in the in the kitchen, you know, waiting for Jessica to wake up because she doesn't sleep very well and so she was getting a little sleep. And finally she got up. I could hear her moving. So I went, I said, Jessica. Yeah, yeah. I said, we just got this special DVD. We got to watch it together. So we put it on and this DVD, there's this young lady. I, I was in Colorado this summer doing, a, it's called High School Leadership Training. And she was from Des Moines. She actually goes to Drake University. But she wanted to come to this. So she came. Her name is Meg. And Meg is actually from the Twin Cities, from Minnetonka. But I, I never met her before. So we had some very meaningful conversation after many of the sessions there at the church in Fort Collins. And um, I had briefly talked about my daughter. She came up to me after and said, Mark, I don't know why, but I just feel a really strong connection to your daughter. Could I write her? Do you have her address? I said, well, sure. Here's her email. And so she began writing to my daughter. And so... Meg put together with a bunch of friends that we know in Des Moines this DVD. And um, Jessica's never met Meg, so Meg's at the beginning with Laura Dibbing, who is Danny the Rapper's sister, who was here a few weeks ago. And Laura's now going to drink. So they open up the DVD, and then all these people, one after another, get in front of the camera and just share something with Jessica. Share a verse with her, share something, you know, they've been blessed by her life. And then said, and we want, you know, we're praying for you. Then some guy wrote a song and 
did the song for her. And then the end of the video, whoever made this, the end of the DVD, he took all these little short phrases. We're praying for you. We're praying. We're praying. We're praying. We're praying. And about 50 times, these different people, he just kind of, we're praying. We're praying. We're praying. We're praying. And I just kept going back to that. We're praying. We're praying. We're praying. Kept going back to that. We're praying. We're praying. We're praying. I, I was doing that. I just thought, Lord, I just tears welled up in my eyes. It's just so encouraging to hear those words. We're praying, we're praying, we're praying, we're praying. We're praying, we're praying, we're praying, we're praying. Those are some of the most encouraging words that anyone can ever say to me. Not that there aren't others. There are. But there is power in those words because there is power in that activity. We're praying. We're praying. We're praying. And I'd like to share with you tonight why I need prayer to live. If you've received my email, if you're not on our, the Rock emailing list, you're more than welcome to get on it. Afterwards, go to the info table, fill out a little bulletin panel with your email address, and we will immediately add you to the email list. But I regularly send out little notes or send out what my upcoming series is going to be about. And tonight when I go home, I didn't want to do this beforehand, I'm going to mail out approximately 350 verses to you on prayer. There are 431 verses on prayer. There's actually more, but... And one of the things that I want to encourage you to do this week, I'm going to give you a little assignment. You don't have to do it, but it's in your best interest to do it. I'd like you to read every one of those and take out a piece of paper or you can print them on your own printer if you want. Get copies and write beside them your observation on prayer. Write beside them. See, I've done those kind of things through the years. See, that's, how, that's partly how I study the Bible. Now, it used to be with a great big old thick concordance, but now all you have to do is go to BibleGateway.com, type in pray in one of 50 different versions and every verse will come up and then you just copy, paste, print and there they all are. No excuse for not really finding out what's in the Bible. It's really easy. It takes a little time. But I want to share with you why I need prayer to live. And that's what this series is going to be about. I'd like you to listen to these carefully. Some may resonate with you, some may not. Some you may have never thought of before. But this is why, for me, I cannot live without prayer. Prayer is my direct and instant access to God. By the way, all the things I'm going to share with you, I didn't like make them up. I put them in my own words. They are all soundly, biblically based. You may not realize it. The Bible gives you this kind of permission that's why you need to read all 340 verses. Prayer is my direct, instant access to God. Prayer is access to unlimited resources. Prayer engages God in my life. Prayer connects me intimately and emotionally with God. Prayer maintains and strengthens my sanity. Prayer detoxifies my spirit. Prayer is how I trust God. Prayer is how I change things in life. Prayer is how I get what I need. Prayer brings about the provisions that I need most. Prayer gives me the edge 
over any obstacle. Prayer keeps me civilized and the flesh in check. What do I mean by that? I mean, literally, that within months of me stopping praying, my life would stink so bad that my family could not stand the smell. It is prayer that keeps my flesh. By flesh, when we use the word flesh, that's often a Christian term. It's a Bible term. It refers to the old, wretched man that I was before I came to Christ. And it is prayer that helps beat him to death. It is prayer that helps rob him of his power and of his odor and of his bad, rotten habits. If I give up prayer, the flesh grows strong in me. You might say the dark side. And pretty soon, if you saw the last installment of Star Wars, which I didn't, but I heard about it, you know that pretty soon, Anakin's wife didn't want to live within him anymore because of what he became, and it killed her. Prayer lets me help and influence others no matter how far away they may be. Prayer keeps me from hopelessness. Prayer always gives me hope. Prayer gives me power. Prayer gives me insight. Prayer is my place of refuge and comfort. Prayer is my secret weapon of mass destruction in the spiritual realm. Prayer is how I crush despair. Prayer is how I unload my burdened heart. Prayer is my supply line. Prayer opens locked doors. Prayer brings me that which I seek. Prayer makes me strong against temptation. Prayer keeps my heart soft. Prayer changes me. Prayer brings me joy and peace. Prayer is my place of renewal and rejuvenation. Prayer is my cathedral of worship and praise. The prayers of others are the wings upon which I fly. Prayer keeps stress and worry from destroying my life. Prayer is my great survival tool. Prayer let, lets me touch God. Prayer lets me touch God. It is through prayer that God moves in our lives. Now, don't get me wrong. God also moves, period. But over and over and over and over and over, the Son of God Himself, Jesus Christ, God, encouraged us, invited us, and indeed commanded us to ask and it would be given to us. Over and over and over and over again, he makes it very clear that God moves in our lives and in our world through our faith that is exhibited when we pray. When we pray. As I wrote in my email, and I'm not exaggerating, it was not a pastoral exaggeration as sometimes pastors are prone to do. I would not survive without prayer.
I would not survive without prayer. You ever thought much about how people survive in life? There's a, there's a number of people here. I won't have a show of hands. But there's a number of people here in this room who are trying to overcome a former addiction in their life. Might have been drugs, might have been alcohol, might have been sex, might have been spending money. I don't know what yours was. Might have been food. You know what all those were? They were coping mechanisms. They were the mechanisms through which you tried to make it in life. And of course, you discovered the very mechanism you were using was the mechanism that was destroying you. And now, you're trying to find a new mechanism. I would like to suggest prayer. I would like to suggest to you that it is prayer to the one and only true God, Jesus Christ, that will absolutely revolutionize your life. The problem for many of us is that um, we're too busy to pray. The problem for many of us is that we really often rely on other ways of coping. The problem that many people are facing today, many Christians are facing, one of the reasons that so many become disillusioned with Christianity is because they fail to make the supernatural connection to God that you can only make through prayer. Through prayer. See, prayer is not automatic. Prayer is something that you learn to go do. And in the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about how to pray. All right? And hopefully, by the time we're done, you'll understand how to go pray. But, for those of you who don't want to wait, I'm going to mail these out to you tonight. It's 25 pages. And all you have to do is read them through and you will understand what you can pray about, how to pray, how emotional can you be, do you have to come all pure and clean to God, or can you say it just like it is? How long should you pray? What did Jesus do? What was the pattern in Jesus' life? I'd like to share just a few of these verses with you tonight. This is one of my favorites in Psalm 116. The psalmist writes, Because he bends down and listens, I will pray as long as I have breath. Think about that. I, I, don't, know, I, I don't know what kind of family background you have. or I don't know what kind of relationship you had with your father, if you even had one at all. I don't know what kind of what kind of high school experience you had or college experience if you were one of the cool people and there were other cool people that you could have access to. But, you know, I'm not the kind of person who had much access. If I had a problem, there wasn't really anybody higher up that I could go talk to about it. There's a lot of people this last week, wasn't there, on your TV with sciences, help me, help me. Help me. And they felt like no one was listening. Can I, can I tell you a little, I want to tell you a little secret. Okay? If I thought no one was listening to me, I'd go insane. But you want to know my secret? For 30 years, for 30, I have been fully and completely aware that the most important person in the entire universe bends down whenever I open my mouth to listen. 
the most important, powerful, wise, wealthy, loving, compassionate, fair, just person in the universe who's behind the scenes pulling all the strings for my life. Who's over the entire universe, the entire world, the entire affairs that have ever gone on and will ever go on is my dad. And whenever I open my mouth, I have a clear channel. I don't have to stand here and go, can you hear me now? Well, can you hear me now? And it's only in America that we pay about $70 a month for a piece of equipment that works about 60% of the time. <laughs> Two of the most frustrating things I have in my life. One is when I borrow someone's cell phone, because I don't have one of my own, and it's supposed to work and it doesn't, you want to slam it into the pavement. Like I said, I relate to Russell Crowe. And two, computers. I, one I actually took and threw in the trash. It was a great feeling. I would advise it sometime. It was a beautiful thing. I just ripped it from the wall, cords and all. I went out and took some wire snips and I just clipped all the wires off, bashed it several times with a hammer and threw it in the trash. Man, I'll tell you, it was empowering. It was sort of given in anyway when this piece of junk, so I didn't lose a whole lot of money, in case you were wondering. Because he bends down and listens, I will pray as long as I have breath. See, that's all you need to pray. All you need is breath. That's all you need is breath. If you got breath, you can pray. Now, listen to some of these things about Jesus. This is really interesting. Jesus is God, the Son of God. You would think, to be really honest, what does Jesus need to pray for? Afterward, Jesus went to the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. The next morning, Jesus woke long before daybreak and went out alone to the wilderness to pray. Afterwards, he went up to the hills by himself to pray. But Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer alone. One day soon after, Jesus went to a mountain to pray, and he prayed to God all night long. And they go on and on and on. You know what Jesus said? You remember, one of the things I like about the Lord was his violence. You didn't know Jesus was violent, did you? You, we've gotten so used to an effeminate Jesus that we don't recognize that he was a man of great passions but righteous ones, similar to Russell Crowe. But he was righteous. Russell was not. And Jesus saw that these, these men had turned his temple into a place where they sold sacrifices and pigeons and animals to poor people. And Jesus went out himself and he made a whip himself. He didn't buy a whip. He made it. And I can just imagine 
Jesus crafting that whip and the knots in that whip going, man, these guys, am I going to teach them a lesson? They won't know what hit them as he tied every knot. When I walk into that temple, we're talking a temple complex, folks, that's bigger than the grounds of the school. There are literally tens of thousands of people there. Animals bleeding, pigeons making their noises. And Jesus walks in with his whip and he begins tipping over tables and whipping people. Sorry, my arm's killing me tonight, so I can't like whip. Running all these people out of the temple. I love it. It's one of the most beautiful pictures to me of Jesus Christ. And then he says, as it is written, my temple will be a place of prayer and you have turned it into a den of thieves. How do you think he said that? I think he probably said a little like Mel Gibson riding his horse up and down the line in Braveheart. I don't think it was, say everybody, it is written, big old smile on his face, my temple shall be a place of prayer for all nations. And thou hast turned it into a den of thieves. Shame on you. I don't think so, folks. I don't think so. But you know what struck me? What strikes me is, once again, his emphasis on prayer. What did he mean? What did he mean? What is he getting at? What is he saying? My temple, all right, the place that you could come in those days, in the Old Testament, in the previous dispensation, you met God at His temple. And what is He saying? This is a place where any person can have access to Me. This is a place where any person can come freely and have conversation with Me. This is a place where any person, no matter what they've done or who they are, can come and engage and talk to me. We're God's temple, as I told you a few weeks ago. And one of the primary privileges and responsibilities of a priest is to pray. I'd like you to go home this week. And I'd like you to really ask yourself the question. Take out, you know, take out a piece of paper, take out a pencil, get some time by yourself, and ask yourself, can I live without prayer? Has my life really been going the way I want it to go? Are you an emotionally together person? Do you have the strength that you really wished you did? Do you have the courage that you really wished you did? Are you a worrier? What are the mechanisms that you've been using to cope? Are they really prayer? Will you take some time to go over these 300 and approximately 30 verses and read them? They won't take very long because the whole verse isn't there. Just the section about prayer. And just read them and ask yourself, is that my attitude? Is that my mindset? And see what you've been missing. And then let me encourage you as you study the life of Jesus, as you get to the book of Daniel, because I included those verses. I started in Psalm 1. All the verses before from Genesis, I didn't include those. 
from Psalm 1 to Revelation, all the verses on prayer. And you see the verses about Daniel. You know what got Daniel thrown in the lion's den? His prayer life. Three times a day, Daniel, morning, at three o'clock in the afternoon and evening, Daniel would pray. It was his habit. Daniel had this tremendous connection with God. You don't think Daniel had a lot of pressure on him in Babylon, which was Persia, which is now Iraq? A lot of pressure in his life. You know how Daniel coped? You know the secret to Daniel's strength? It was his prayer. It was his prayer. And when his evil compatriots talked the king into making this stupid rule that for the next 30 days, anyone who prays to any other god except me, the king, the king set himself up as God, will be cast in the lion's den, the first thing it says Daniel did was he went home and prayed like he always did. And all those evil guys, they're appearing in his window, bringing about five or six of them so they can capture Daniel because they knew he wouldn't stop praying. Will you stop praying? Have you stopped praying? Have you ever started praying? I want to encourage you to begin the habit. Develop the habit. Learn to find places alone to pray. Find a place. It might be your car in the garage. It might be the many places I have around the city. It could be Fort Snelling. It could be any of the parks that you live near. It could be early in the morning out at a football field or a baseball diamond where nobody's playing and you're walking the diamond praying. But all the things that I shared with you, all the, the one, another way to say it is why I need prayer to live would be the benefits of prayer in my life. All those things. God is waiting. To give to you if you pray. Next week, we'll get into how to pray, what types of things to pray for, and we might even look at some of these verses. But I am going to send them to you tonight. If you want them, just go back to the info table, give them your email address. Christina will enter them, and then she will forward them to you next week. Let's bow our heads together. Father, we want to thank you tonight for the incredible privilege the incredible privilege of prayer. Lord, for 30 years of my life, I can honestly say it's been a habit. One that I constantly seek to develop. One that I constantly seek to grow in. One, Lord, that has been one of the most rewarding and enriching activities of my life. Because it brings me right into your presence. I could stand here tonight and share one answer after another, after another, after another, and of how God has engaged, supernaturally responded to so many things in my life. I would not be here tonight if it was not for prayer. I would not have made it through the last 17 months watching my daughter sick every day if it had not been for the prayers of many people in this room and around this country who know and care about my family. I have literally been carried on the prayers of your people. And I praise you for that tonight. Thank you, Lord, for this extraordinary privilege. Might we become a church of prayer. Might we become a people of prayer. A people who can honestly say, 
I cannot live without prayer. I need prayer to live. In Jesus' name, amen.